James Version. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So if you are ready, please turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, I'm going to be reading from chapter 10, verse 10. The book of Ecclesiastes, I'm going to be reading from verse 10. Sorry, chapter 10, verse 10. So bear with me, say I. Online families there already. Okay, so people online are saying they can hear, but it's a little bit low. So if you can just help those people online, you don't want them to blow their microphones and their speakers. Great. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. And the word of God goes as follows. If the axe is dull and one doesn't sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom, someone say, but wisdom, brings success. But wisdom brings success. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, oh God. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for church. And when I mean church, I mean the ecclesia, the body of Christ has come together. And both the, our church and the global church and the international church. I thank you for the body of Christ, oh God. And I pray, oh Lord, that may we just be a church that walks in wisdom, that lives by heavenly wisdom and not earthly wisdom, and that continues to seek your face in truth and in spirit for us to not only prove, but for us to prepare ourselves and persevere as people of the true and living King to represent you well, to people that see us, know us, and even those that don't know us, but still see us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. If the axe is dull and one doesn't sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. If the axe is dull, I don't know about you guys, has anybody here ever prepared food either for themselves or a housemate or a family member when you've gone to do it at your house or in a family member's house and you've used a blunt knife before. Has anyone ever done that before? Right? I don't know about you guys but using a blunt knife is an extremely dangerous sport because not only are you using more strength but because it's blunt sometimes it could slip and sometimes cause more damage. Anyone ever been there? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Oh you guys don't cook. Just doing deliveries. Uh, I'll see you guys. But the reason why I bring that up is because today's sermon is not only about knives and axes and stuff like that, but it's really talking about wisdom. And I've entitled today's sermon, Sharpen Your Axe. Tell your neighbor, sharpen your axe. Sharpen your axe. Tell the other person next to you, sharpen your axe. And to the person that hadn't spoken, poke them and say, I'm talking to you, sharpen your axe. Yeah, see, you guys want to do that. All the introverts in the building said, please, allow it, Emmanuel. It's okay. It's all right. Sharpen your axe. And what do I mean by sharpen your axe? I mean that when we're looking at life in and of itself, many of us came into the new year of 2020. I'm the only one excited. You guys are still in 2022. I'll let go of you. I'm in 2023. 2022 was the year of tough life. Don't worry, God slapped you with real life. I saw it. 
So many people was testing me, like, no, whatever happened in 2020? Don't worry, the pandemic left, you guys thought we were free. No, don't say you still need to work. <laughs> you still got stuff to do. You still need to navigate. And when now we come to 2023, I realized everyone became humble. No one wants to speak. No one to say that this is what I'm doing. Everyone just went quiet and just relaxed. Like, don't worry, I see you. You're not speaking, but the Holy Spirit's convicting you. That's all good. But what's happening here is that in the 52 weeks, we've already completed three weeks of the year. It's gone. We're here. Some of us haven't got started on our goals, on our visions, on our dreams. Some of us have got started, but we're taking our time. Some of us are still dipping our toe in the water to make sure it's safe. Like, yo, anything else to happen in 2023? Because <laughs> I want the storm to go before I come out and play, right? But what we don't realize is that some people woke up decided to rush or not plan. And as they say, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. But why am I sharing all of this with you? It's because if there's one thing I've come to learn as a believer, one of the most important things to do when it comes to not only being successful is one, we must understand that we can't always control the time of our success, but we can still choose to prepare for it. But there's one thing we must learn to do as believers compared to the way the world is doing things is to sharpen your eyes. Sharpen your eyes. Sharpen your skill set. Sharpen your mind. Sharpen your plan. Sharpen your focus. Refine, review, recall, repent, rest. Do all of the above and ask yourself, God, are you prepared to take it ready? Are you prepared to deal with the rest? Are you prepared to do what needs to be done? Are you prepared to get started in what God has called you to do? Because what does it tell us here? It says, one, if one doesn't sharpen the edge, and what is the edge? See, the people of those times understood that the edge of an axe or the edge of a sword is like the face of something. It's the first point of call. And what is your first point of call? What's the first thing God has told you to do? What's the first thing God has asked you to prepare for, to be ready for? For some of us, you only get ready when the opportunity presents itself. Forgetting that sometimes to be ready, we need to be prepared before preparation comes, before the time comes. There's a person, one of my housemates, she has... See, I, I love oats, but right now I'm, I'm, I'm big on the big rolled oats. Anyone know about the big rolled oats? Because the small oats, to me, it tastes like, like chocolate food. Like, like it's mushy. It tastes like baby food. Like. But the big rolled oats, it's like, when I eat, I feel like, yes, I'm eating something solid, like pounded yam or apple and saltfish or something romantic to my spirit and to my body, right? But less food. Food is for a story for another time. But one thing that she does, I realize that when I have mine, and I wore mine in the microwave, I got in a pot, but she soaks those overnight. I'm like, how come you soak those overnight? Tried to educate me on the quality of her oats compared to mine that I've got from Tesco's with my wonderful Tesco's points to make sure I'm saving the coins. But I bring this up because I felt like she was throwing shade even though she wasn't throwing shade. I realized she was talking about preparation before preparation because she knew what her purpose was. She knew the purpose of the oats that she had and how it was going to not only nourish her, but how it was going to fuel her. Whereas I thought I had the same thing. See, they looked the same, but one was more nourishing to the body than my one was. Preparation. She, she was sharpening her axe. She knew what she needed to do to give her the fuel that she needs for the day, for the week, for the months ahead. But what does it mean about wisdom? The word wisdom in the Hebrew is chokmah. 
pronounced with a CH, but said as chokmah. It means a laborer, a skilled work, or a skilled craftsman. And I'm going to touch more on that later on in today's sermon. But the points that I wanted us to look at when it comes to sharpening your axe, I had seven points, and the first point that I want us to look at was purpose and perspective. And what do I mean by that? Purpose and perspective and asking yourself, who is building your house? Who is building your house? You see, when we think of house, we think of just what we live in. No, house is everything from your mindset. So what is your heart state? What is your mental state? What is your emotional state? Who is building your house? Because at times many of us are quick to get started on something, but we haven't actually taken stock. We haven't looked at the condition of our mental state, our emotional state, our spiritual state. Psalms chapter 127, verse 1 and 2 goes as follows. It says, the Lord builds the house, but the laborer, but the labor is in vain. Sorry, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Who's building yours? Yeah, man, this is the I'm going to get the bag. Yeah, this is the I'm going to level up. This is the I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Have you spoken to God about it yet? Because if there's one thing I've learned about God, God laughs at our plans. I don't know if you've seen those elderly people. They say, what do you want to do? You're like, and you tell them you're going to rush and do something. Sometimes they don't tell you to stop. They just sit there and laugh. <laughs> Foolish youth. You're just going to go and do it. <laughs> God laughs at our plans. Because you haven't consulted him. Because wisdom is the ability to say, you know what, this is what I plan to do. What's your take? Are you asking God what his take is? Before you go to take two in your own life. Before you hit lights, camera, action in your life. Have you already consulted the director of your life? Or are you just trying to direct upon your own accord? Because only the director can actually see what you look like in the shop. Who's building your life? Who's building your house? Who's building your city, your community, your family, your friendships? Have you consulted with God? Have you spoken to God about the frenemies you need to let go of? Are you still holding on to them because they make you feel good? Have you spoken to God about that? Because maybe the problem isn't the goal. Maybe it's the group of people you're surrounded with. And sometimes less is more. What are you doing with that? What are you doing with those things? A scripture, a, a quote that I put down here is that many of us come in with New Year's resolutions, but we forgot we need to seek God for a New Year's revelation. Yes, what's my New Year's resolution? What's your New Year's revelation? What has God revealed for you to do and build this year? Because unless you're doing that, just like that scripture says, unless the Lord builds the house, you're building in vain. The greatest partner you ever need to help you build succeed is God. Not your friends, not money, not your looks, not your friends, not, not your family, <laughs> not your investments, not your inheritance, but God. But God. Who's building your house? Point number two. Are you staying in God's word? Sharpen your axe. You need to ask yourself, are you staying in God's word? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 goes as follows. The word of the Lord is, a, is living and powerful. I love how it puts it there. The word of the Lord is living and powerful. And it goes on further. Sharper than a two-edged sword. You're seeing sharpening there. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit. That's what the word of God is doing. But how can the word of God pierce your soul and spirit unless you're in the word of God? How can the word of God 
happiest, your life, prepare you, propel you, and also help you persevere when you're feeling the pain and the trials and the tribulations of life. How is it going to help you do that unless you're in God's word? Because if you're not in God's word, you're in people's worries. Because everyone's telling you what to be worried about. Oh, don't do this. This is dangerous. Don't do that. That's dangerous. Because you haven't heard from God first. So now you're being led astray, being double-minded in all your ways because you haven't been fixated on what God has told you to do. I always say that, listen, you need to be mindful because God sometimes gives the vision to one, but he particularly puts the right people around you in order to complete the mission for that vision. But how can you complete the mission unless you're clear with the vision that God has given you? You can't. And it is important for us to stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. What does it say in the latter part of that verse 12? It says, it, is, it says, and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents, intents of the heart. What's your intent? What are you really thinking? You know what? Yeah, I'm really going to be serious with my social media this year. Oh, for vanity reasons. Because when you're in God's word, he now shows you that, oh, the plan seems fine, but your motive is all wrong. So you can discern the heart. But you know what? No, God, I, I, I'm going to promote it because I want it not only to honor you, but to only give, not only to give you glory, but because that's my first focus in seeking your kingdom and its righteousness, everything else becomes added on to me. But if you put the cart before the horse, you're going to come off horse. You're going to go in the wrong direction. And we need to stay in God's word. Point number three, really simple. Pray. 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 Psalms 90 verse 12 goes as follows. So teach us to number our days. I love it. Number. Teach us to number our days. See, to sharpen your eye. Have you counted the cost? Do you know how many days are left? Do you know how many weeks are left? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a what? A heart of wisdom. I love how it doesn't say we may gain wisdom. Because scripture sometimes tells us that the heart of man is heavily wicked. So if the heart is heavily wicked, therefore we need to change what's in our heart. And therefore we need to make sure that wisdom is in our heart so that wickedness doesn't take us off course. Teach us to number our days. Oh, 52 weeks, three weeks done, 49 left. The maths is nothing. Okay, we need to do it. But I'm just doing this. Why are you doing it? Yeah, my heart desires it. But is the desire that you have in your heart aligned with God's destination for your life? Because if it's not, you're toiling in vain and all you're using is a blunt axe in order to navigate for a purpose that you'll never find fulfillment in. It's never going to fulfill you. You know what people do when it doesn't fulfill them? You add something else on top. You forget the kids. I'll never forget when my cousin was telling me how, and I've shared this story before, when she worked in a prison. And some people had, um, I can't remember what um, drug it was, I think it might have been heroin or cocaine. And um, she was saying that when she was navigating with some of these patients, and um, sometimes they were doing counseling sessions and one-on-one with, with some of them as well. She, one time she asked her, why, why, why do you increase the dose when it comes to cocaine or heroin? Well, again, forgive me, I can't remember which one it was. And um, they, went to, she, they said to her that the same dose doesn't give you the same kick. What am I sharing this with you? Sometimes when you haven't aligned yourself with God's will and you seek worldly things, 
to start to increase the dosage to have an extra high. And in that extra high, all it takes us is further away from God. It numbs our spiritual well-being so that we could just feel something. So we could feel alive again, whether it's drink or drugs or, or sex or, 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 or a dopamine kick from the euphoria that we feel from people that we engage with online. No, but you need to increase it. You'll see more and more people lose all sense of morality just to fit into life, just to get the bag. Just to get there. Just to make ends meet. Yeah. I always say, if you ever see me do OnlyFans, you know it's only faithful. I'm there preaching the word of God and nothing else. But you could use some platforms like that for good. But sometimes many of people are using such platforms to degrade themselves because they've forgotten who they truly are. And when you forget who you truly are, it's because you forgot to sharpen your axe before you began to take action on what God wants you to do. Pray. James 1, James 1, um, chapter 1, verse 5 goes as follows. If you lack wisdom, let him ask who? God. If you lack wisdom, don't ask your friends. Don't ask Google. Ask God. He gives liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. Liberally, God wants to give you wisdom. Should I do this? Should I do that? But it's going to take me to my next point because it's important to pray. It's important to number your days. It's important to ask God when you lack wisdom. But one thing that's equally as important when you pray is my fourth point, which is to listen. 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 I love my wonderful Caribbean people in the house. Those out there here, it must be you. But for my Caribbean aunties, Mummy Denise is not here in the building. She she do this thing. Mummy Denise, if you're online, I just love it. She just smirks. And I swear to that, I'm laughing because I know when you don't listen, that laughter is given to you now. She says, that's my laughter I'm showing you that will happen to you later because you didn't listen earlier. She just feels. Love it. I don't know about you guys, but there's something my mum will pull my ear. You know when she pulls it? It's like, do you know that you have an ear on your head? I know it sounds simple, but some of us live our lives like there's no ear. Are you listening? One of the things I've tried to do more and more nowadays is as I pray, I just sit there on the edge of my bed and I don't say a word. God, what are you trying to tell me? Spirit, what are you saying? Because one thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit, my goodness, is it's a still, small voice. It's not talking. The only time we hear it is after the mistake. Like, I knew God was telling me that. God, I knew you were telling me that. I've seen some horrific stories online. One story of one girl that says she found one guy on TikTok that came to sleep in the house. I'm like, what nonsense is that? How do you find somebody online and a few days later, they're in your house, in your bed, and then they rob you? And you're saying, how can he rob me? How was he in your house? <laughs> and I'm like, what part of the Holy Spirit? There's no Holy Spirit. There's no guidance. No guidance. And what happens is that the blind begin to lead the blind. Because some people are praying, but they're not listening. The two parts make one whole. And until we put them together, we're going to miss out on what God wants us to do. Listen. Listen. 
But he who answers a matter before he hears it, Proverbs 18, verse 13. But he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. He who answers a matter before he hears it. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see that online all the time. Oh, is that what they done? Guilty, guilty. You don't even know the full story. You don't know the whole perspective. And already we've come to judicial system before we actually know what's happened. You answer the matter. Yeah, God, I know what I'm doing. Oh, you do? Okay. God, I don't need to consult you. I know where I'm going. Yeah, but God, I prayed about it. But did you listen to my response? Did you hear what I had to say about it? Yeah, God, I'm praying that you do this in my life. That's not part of your calling. No, no, not that part. Just hear what I've got to say, God. Everyone wants to talk, but nobody wants to listen. Everybody wants to be heard, but they lack hearing. What are we doing with this? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27 puts it this way. It says, cease listening to instruction, my son. And you will stray from the words of knowledge. Cease listening to to instruction, my son. And you will stray from the words of knowledge. Knowledge to know, to do, to practice. You don't need to go to prison to know that prison is not for you. I don't believe prison is for any human being. I think it's inhumane. But it is there for a reason and for a purpose. But you don't need to experience it to realize that uh, prison's not for me, you know. This is why I don't understand society where some people do a crime to go to prison so they can rap about it, so they can feel justified for the gangster that they are. What are you doing? It's not your life. You're like, well, that's what happened to me. me I've, ne- I've never lived that life. Yeah, you never lived that life. But sometimes we entertain the characteristics so that we can feel validated by the people that we are. Yeah, I'm this person, man. No, 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 no. Who's who God told you to be? Who's your true identity in Christ? Notice I didn't say who's your true identity. Because unfortunately, there's, we live in a fragmented world where everybody wants to be valid in who they believe they are. Forgetting that God has called you for a purpose. He knitted you in your mother's womb. He knew you before any of your past pains, traumas ever happened to you. He knows you. And that is your true identity in Christ. And it is important for us to do in that manner because if we don't listen to the instruction, and we stray from the word, we'll lose the direction that God has for us. How does James 1.19 put it? So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. I love how it doesn't say, it doesn't say let every man hear. It says let every man be swift. So what was that? Yeah. He's inclined your ears. Be swift to hear, but be slow to speak. We're seeing the opposite here, but we live in a world where people do it back to front. They're slow to hear, but they're swift to speak. And we need to be people that let us be swift to hear. To be swift to hear, to be able to hear, and be sensitive to the spirit of God for what's happening in and around us. I'll never forget a story that one of my mentors shared at a wedding. And he went on to say that he was walking, I can't remember, oh, I forgot my name, but I'm annoying you now. There's um, a particular tribe in Kenya. Any Kenyans in the house? Please correct me if you live there. Uh, what Kenyans in the tribe? Anyone know? Nice. You had the Holy Spirit work. Sometimes you seem to ask questions, you know. Don't be proud about it. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'll send you money later on. Okay. And he, a businessman was in New York City and he was walking with a guy from the Maasai tribe. And he was walking. The guy was like, can you hear that? And I don't know you guys in the building. You guys can hear that sound right now, right? Can you hear that? And the Maasai tribe was like, what are you talking about? 
and you're the critic. And the big fish man was like, whoa, where, 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 yo, this is the big apple, man. Like, you can have the, you can have the sirens, you can have the cars, you can have the cars, you can have, yo, get out of my way, you can have all of that. He said, but no, no, I'm the artist, but you're the critic. I said, whoa, but, but, but these two fish with this guy, like, we're in, we're in Africa, man. We're, we're in New York, like, what's wrong with you? And what began to happen is actually the Maasai tribe decided to take him around. And they took him to one of um, the local gardens in the city. And they said, hey, look, this place is going to look. And then he asked him, the fisherman man was like, yo, I, how was you able to hear that? He said, he went on to tell him that you fine tuned your hearing to what you want to hear. You want the big apple, the noisy, the money, you want to gain this, you want to gain that. And what began to happen is that you fine tuned yourself to what you want to hear. Or have you fine tuned yourself to hearing the voice of God? Those are the noise in the world. Why do you fine-tune yourself to hear? Because whatever you try, whatever you fine-tune yourself to hear, you're gonna hear more of. And so there's problems, always problems. Always gonna create problems. Oh, this happened in my life. That's happened. Always problems. Never gratitude. Never God's goodness. Never God's mercy. Whatever you fine-tune yourself to hear, because I always say whatever the mind focuses on expands. You focus on always having problems. Guess what? You can have more of. You focus on God's peace. Prosperity. That's why it says, remain heavenly minded. Remain heavenly minded. My next point. My next point is point number five. Are you honoring the author of time? To sharpen your axe, you need to honor the author of time. To honor the author of time is to not be restless, and not rush God. I'll say it again. To honor the author of time is to make sure you are not restless and you do not rush God. Because whatever you rush into without God will lead to your ruin. Do not be restless. Do not rush God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 through to 33. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 through to 33 goes as follows. On the half tribe of Manasseh, 18,000. Someone say 18,000. 18,000 who were designated by the name to come and make David king. On verse 32. And on the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the what? Who had understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do. What Israel ought to do. Not what they think they should do. What Israel ought to do. They were the chiefs. Sorry. Their chiefs were 200. How many of them? 200. 18,000. And all their brethren were at their command. I'll pause there for a moment. 200 people leading thousands. A small number leading the multitude. The same way scripture reminds us that it's only a small handle on a door that opens up the big door. You see, wisdom isn't loud. Wisdom doesn't shout. But wisdom is profound. And we need to get more of it in order to be more and do more for God because you need to understand that time is connected to everything you do. Whether it's the sermon I'm delivering, whether it's our birthdays, our anniversaries, or whether it's the days that some of our loved ones have passed. Time is what we are bound by. And the best, one of the best ways to sharpen your axe is to honor the author of time. God, what do you have me do with the time that I have? 
but I know another scripture says, learn to redeem the time, for the days are wicked. Why are the days wicked? Because life itself, the enemy is fighting to distract you. So that's focus. I remember they asked Bill Gates one time, and um, and it was Bill Gates and um, Warren Buffett. And they said it simultaneously. And they turned around and said, what's the number one biggest factor for your success? They said, focus. Focus. I believe that's our scripture says, meditate on my word day and night. Because when you're meditating on God's word, it increases and sharpens your focus. Focus. Why am I saying that we need to focus on time, on God's time? Because the sons of Issachar could have felt the pressure of everyone. Imagine thousands of people. Hey, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? They're like, wow, all the pressure, all the pressure, all the pressure. No, 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 no. Don't focus on the people you lead. Focus on the one that leads you, that will tell you how to lead the people. Because when you're focused on the noise, when you're focused on the people that seem big or the multitudes around you, it may try and manipulate your mind and you're going to forget what God has asked you to do. Ask God, what do you have me do? The sons of Issachar had understandings of the times. When you have understanding of the season you're in, it doesn't hurt as much. I didn't say it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't hurt as much because you understand the season you're in. That's why when people go through pain at times, sometimes like they just need to ask the God, what am I going through? Because when you have an understanding of it, oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Now I can see potentially how I can navigate around it. But when you don't understand what you're going through, see, all you're feeling is pain. And pain without knowledge still has confusion. But do you understand the time or the season you're in? And do you understand what you ought to do, not what you feel like doing? And point number six, are you sharpening your brother and your sister? It's one thing to sharpen yourself. It's another thing to know who's building your house, to stay in God's word, to pray, to listen, to honor the author of time. But also, are you using your time as you're sharpening your axe to sharpen your brother and sister in Christ? Your friends and your family members. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? I love how it puts it in this particular scripture. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 goes as follows. As iron sharpens iron, so the man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You're sharpening each other. Sometimes me and my friends there's a, there's a close friend of mine that when we go hammer and tumble, we're talking about life, business, family, relationships. People that don't know us say, oh, these guys are going at it. Their friendships are about to break up. Nah, we sharpen each other to the point that sparks life. Are you sharpening each other to the point that it almost seems contentious? It almost seems challenging. But we want sparks to fly because when sparks fly, it means that there's power, there's energy, there's potency in the place there that brings a change in your life. When someone holds you accountable, why are you late? Not for rules and regulations, because they're sharpening you to be better. What's your relationship like? Like, what's your relationship life like? Yeah, it's getting by, not by the grace of God, you're a liar. You said by the grace of God to cover it over. You haven't spoken to your bay in ages. You haven't asked them how they're doing. You haven't actually said they get anything you need. When's the last time you prayed for them? When's the last time you prayed with each other? Are you sharpening each other? Are you asking each other hard questions? Are we just going to skate around all the basic surface nuances just to get by so that we can maintain our friendships. Dead to your friendships. Some of your friendships have expired. You're drinking dead milk. I'm being deadly serious. Some friendships should have been made in 2022. You've kept them on. 
and you don't realize you think it's luggage, it's baggage. And when something is baggage, guess what? When you take it on that plane, they're going to make you pay extra for it. Your purpose is paying extra for something you should have put down. Something you should have left at home. Why are you carrying it with you? It's expired. It's dead. When something is expired, it's going to mess up your stomach. And when it messes up your stomach, you're going to feel sick. Therefore, you're losing more time. We're sharpening each other. We're sharpening each other. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 13. I'm going to read from chapter 13, verse 16 through to 22. So Jonathan, his son, and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Mishmash, in Michmash, or whatever the word that is. I'll leave it there. You guys can tell me afterwards. Verse 17. Then the raiders came out of the camp. Um, of the Philistine in three companies. One company turned onto the road of Opera um, to land in Shaul. Another company turned to the road of Beth Horon. Another company turned to the road of the border to overlook the valley of Zebulun towards the wilderness. Verse 19. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. And the Philistines said, let the Hebrews make the swords or spears. There's nobody local to help them with their weapons. But what does it say further down? Okay, where am I? Verse, verse 20. But all the Israelites would go down to Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. They're going to go that far to really get that done. It gets worse. Verse 21. And the charge for sharpening was a pim for the plowshare, for the mattock, for the forks, and for the axes at that set point of their goal. How much did it cost? One pin. Pin. One pin. But what you don't understand, one pin is like two-thirds of a shekel. One shekel is worth, is roughly, on average, for the average person in that time, is worth about a month's wages. So just for your equipment, it's nearly going to cost you almost a month's wages. What is it going to cost you for you to sharpen your axe? How far are you going to go to sharpen your axe? What classes do you need to take? What training do you need to go through to sharpen your axe? Why are you doing that for? It's a waste of money. But what length are you going to go to to sharpen your axe? Because when you don't sharpen, you think that's expensive. You don't know what's more expensive than investing on yourself? Losing time. And we're going to come to the end of the year 2023. And then we're going to now make 2023's goals in 2024. And we're not going to say a word to anybody so that nobody knows what the goal is. Because we don't want to be held accountable. I see what you're doing there. If you can't say amen, you can say ouch. <laughs> and these things happen to us. But point number seven, as I close, is for walking wisdom and walking his will. Walking wisdom and walking his will. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 goes as follows. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. I'll say it again. He who walks, it doesn't say he who stands. It doesn't just say he who listens. It says he who walks. Why? Because wise people are heading somewhere. Foolish people are heading nowhere. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. Do you ever have nice fruit? And you have one fruit that's rotten, there is no way the nice fruit makes the rotten fruit any better. 
some of us are hanging around with some rotten people. And at times, some of us throw the baby out of the bathwater. We throw broke fruits away. Anyone that knows me knows I don't like wasting food. <laughs> so I throw the rotten fruit away. And the little bit that's wrong, I just cut that little part off and I throw it away again. But I'm not throwing all my money away. That's a lot of money. Cost of living has gone up. We need to behave ourselves. But what am I trying to say here? We need to walk in wisdom and walk in his ways. Some of our parents use the quote, show me your friends, I'll show you who you are. They say that you, yeah, we are the average of the five friends we keep in and around us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 goes as follows. And in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in according to the counsel of whose will? His will. So he's working in us for his will. So have you surrendered your will for God to work his will in you and through you? Have you? Have you said, God, you're not sharpening me? But for God to sharpen you, it's going to hurt. For God to sharpen you means that you've submitted your will to say, God, remove it. Go cut it off. God, that job you don't want me to know about? Remove it. God, that relationship you're saying is holding me back from growing in you? Remove it. God, where I live is too comfortable. Remove it. Remove it. What cost would you pay for God to take you to a new place? Isaiah 46, verse 9 through to 10. says, remember not the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declares the end of the beginning. And the ancient times of things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I, sorry, and I will do my pleasure. You know the beauty of God's pleasure? When we change the taste buds of our life, God's pleasure makes our purpose more beautiful. But the problem is our taste buds. Our taste buds are so tainted that we don't like God's pleasure. Like, oh God, that's boring. Oh God, that's not good. But when we align ourselves with God's pleasure and we let go of the former things, we invite God to do a new thing in our life. What form of things are you ready to drop? And as I said, as we looked at the first scripture in Ecclesiastes 10.10, where it tells us, if the axe is dull and one doesn't sharpen it, but then who has to use more strength? But wisdom brings success. Notice it says you have to use more strength. It doesn't say you'll succeed. Which means that you could be laboring and laboring and laboring and still not having any positive outcome in your life. But wisdom, wisdom, wisdom is not this airy-fairy thing. The people of the times actually understood, as I said earlier, that the word for wisdom, they understood er earlier that the word for wisdom in Hokmah means diligence. It also means really craftsmanship. It means skill set. It means a skilled laborer. It means a well-developed skill. This is why they say that people shouldn't pay you for their time, they should pay you for your value. But why, why is your price so high? Do you know my skill set? We live in a world where everyone's like, nah, man, yesterday's price, not today's price, rubbish. Don't raise your value, raise your vision. Because when you raise your vision, your value follows. But some people raise their value, but they're still in the same place. They're just raising their value because everyone else is. But when you raise your vision, oh God, you want to do it this way. You want to do it that way. So your skill set has to level up. 
when your skill set is leveled up, your wisdom has increased. I'll close with this point. There was a time where, as you guys know, I've been talking about having working in different departments, and I, Chimo was on break one time, so I was doing the wonderful media stuff. You know me, I'm multi-skilled. I've got it all. I've got it all, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not prideful. I just believe in my power. And as I was doing that, I was editing a particular video. I said, oh, do you know Fado Cop Ross? Yeah, I know Fado Cop Ross. And then she took this script, this girl, put that there. And then you know those ones where you're looking down at the keyboard, press that button, do that. And she was on break. So one thing that we understand, when somebody's on break, they don't allow you to do anything. And me, I became a little bit, she was like, let me do it. I said, no, no, stay there, bro. Let me do it. Let me learn. Let me do it. And I think it was just there, being humble, like a wise man. She's watching me through my typical Nigerian self. Like, look at this guy. Look at pride. Just trying to, just forcing it. Something that was taking me 30 minutes. So let me show you something. Normally just move, move you to the side. Side under my chair. Press one button. Three seconds. He did something that took nearly 10 minutes in three seconds. I said, what was that shortcut? He said, bro. I said, how do you know this? He said, this is my skill set. You see, when something is your skill set, your level of wisdom is different from everybody else. They don't pay you for your time because they don't have to pay me worth three seconds of his time. I paid him for his value. So as I said, don't raise your value first. Raise your vision first. But to raise your vision first, to raise your vision first, to raise your vision first, you must first find out who's building the house. You then must stay in the word of God. You then must be diligent in praying without ceasing. You must be willing to listen to what God is telling you to do and where is directing you? You must honor the author of time. You must sharpen others because the word of God tells us you're more blessed to give than to receive. And you must walk in wisdom and in God's will for your life. And that's how you can sharpen your axe for this year. That what will usually take you a hundred blows might take you one because God is the one that wants to take you further forward so that you can win. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for today's message, O oh Lord. And I pray we won't be people that watch other people to fret around and just jump in just to do things because everyone's got started before us. But we'll trust in the author of time, the one that's given us a, a God-given purpose. And Lord, I just pray, O oh God, that every single person here that diligently wants to walk in wisdom, in hotness, but sharpen their axe. That's aligned with your will, Father. Give them heavenly wisdom. But earthly wisdom has an expiry date. Heavenly wisdom never goes. It's never out of time. It's never out of time.